We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the DGD Podcast. As always, Juan Daniels, Robert Reynolds, and obviously for Wednesday and our picks, we bring on Kobe Pierce. Guys, welcome back to the show. Good to be back. Absolutely. Kobe, I like the hat, my man, the walk-on hat. You want to tell us where you got that from? Yeah. Um, let's give him a little, little shout-out here. A little Peach Jack on Instagram, Peach Jack Apparel, is doing three different kinds of walk-on hats in honor of Stetson Bennett and any other walk-on that, um, you know, played at Georgia, predominantly with the colors, Georgia, but just anywhere, just the underdog story, um, you know, people doubting you, doubting what you can do, and, and just kind of proving them wrong. And, uh, you know, go get you one. They come in white, red, and black. I was a big fan of the white, so um, – here it is. Absolutely. I, lo- I love it, man. It's one of those things, you know, it just, it's just, it, it fits you too. That's the fun part. Uh, but listen, we got a lot to cover. And, and first, so let's make sure we cover uh, our friends over at Alumni Hall, right? Uh, the Polo Alumni Hall, folks. Licensed Nike, Cutter and Buck, you name it, they got it. It's all licensed. Uh, 10 minutes uh, in Athens, 10 minutes from campus, right? Uh, check them out in store. Check them out at alumnihall.com. And listen, get you some stuff and let them know the DGD podcast sent you, by the way. And also, because we're doing picks later on today, uh, bet US, right? We're uh, obviously, listen, sign up, go to dgdpodcast.com, go to our website. You can sign up and start making money today. Go ahead and do it. Yeah, listen, you 125% sign up, sign up bonus. All right. So go to the website, follow the, you know, follow everything, what you got to do, sign up, start making money today. Just saying. However you want to take our picks, it's up to you. Uh, but now outside of college football, you got all your sports, everything like that. So go check them out. Bet US. Uh, like I said, DGDpodcast.com. Get signed up today. Uh, listen, we're going to go ahead and jump straight into this. First off, we're not going to do our preview just as much. I want to talk about what happened Tuesday night. right? And that is the 2023 schedule. right? SEC now, last uh, t- Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. You saw the SEC schedule. Uh, for the graphic here, uh, you'll about to see this is the 23 schedule. If you're if you haven't heard or seen it, so you play UT Martin, Ball State, South. 
then you come back and Kentucky comes into town, you travel. Then you host Missouri, host Ole Miss, and then you end up on the road at Knoxville and at Georgia Tech, right? So I want to get y'all's thoughts on this, guys. What what are some key takeaways here from this 23 schedule that y'all saw? Um, I would say, obviously, you know, playing Ole Miss is going to be that, – that's going to be a good game. Lane Kiffin is really doing some exciting things. I'm not a fan of the, the non-conference games. Um, you know, to me, Georgia, you're 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 better than that. And I, I get there's going to be teams that you know, they want money, they need checks, you know, to 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 fund their program. But at this point in time, right now, uh, for for Georgia to really say you're either a leader, you're not. Let's go grab a Big Ten team. Let's go bra- grab a Pac-12 team. Let's go grab, you know, somebody else, a Big 12 team for those three conference games, and really, really, you know, put your stamp on college football right now. Kobe, what what do you have to say about it? I think just looking at it, um, you know, obviously you you had one of those teams before the SEC ruled. I mean, you're you're playing at Oklahoma next year. It's a huge game. I'm sure a lot of dogs already had tickets and hotels booked in Norman to go see them play. I mean, it, it revenge for the Rose Bowl. Um, you know, I think the thing that really hurts when you look at our schedule in a whole, and uh, you know, Kirby's touched on it is you know, we play one game every year, like, at a neutral site with Florida. Well, the past two years, we've played a second game at a neutral site with a big-time opponent, whether it be Oregon or whether it be Clemson. So, like, you're stealing these unbelievable home games by playing them at neutral sites. Like, 2019 Notre Dame, one of the best games. I mean, it's my senior year. One of the coolest games, unveiled the lights. You know, they added an extra three or 4,000 seats to make it the biggest home game in Georgia history. Like, those are the games that fans want the atmosphere on campus. And so, yeah, it, it got taken from you, um, you know, with Oklahoma getting canceled. And, and it sucks. I mean, you look at that schedule, four home games in September in Georgia is just not like – and I guarantee looking at it that at least two of them will be at noon, if not more. And that yeah. just like be prepared for ninety five, and and beat downs, and that's just tough because your fourth non conference opponent's Georgia Tech, who at one time was at least a solid opponent in the ACC, and now you're talking about they're one of the worst ten teams in all of college football. And that just really doesn't help you. I mean, I look at it this way, right? And this isn't necessary. It's not either school's fault. You know, listen, Oklahoma, even if we were going to Norman, I tell you, it would be one of the marquee games of the season by far. Right. Even even the Auburn game. What I don't care. Right. It's just it would just be the best game on our schedule by far. Right. But it's not Georgia's fault and it's not uh, Oklahoma's fault for that. Right. You, You have to look at the SEC and what they directed the schools to do. Right. They directed the schools to cancel the games. Right. And this all lines up with the conference alignment. Right. Obviously, they're scheduled in 2025 to come in, Texas and Oklahoma, right? We would, you know, obviously we would go to Norman this up, you know, in the 23 uh, year. However, with us, you know, with them coming back to to Athens, it falls into the situation where they'll be in conference. So ultimately, I feel like while it sucks that we lose that game initially, 
right? Yeah, it, it's one of those things where I, I kind of get it because the SEC is trying to be fair, right? It's non-conference game, but by the time you do that, it's going to add a conference game, right? So you, to to balance that out, you just have to cancel it all together. Right. And listen, as a fan, it sucks. It really does, because I guarantee you a ton of Georgia fans would travel out to Norman for that game. Let's just be honest. You you know it, and I think we all know it. And, and like I said, we replaced it with Ball State. It's kind of a last-minute thing, right? But at the same time, you look at what Georgia was able to do with Clemson, guys. We, we, we took a game, balled it out, and played Clemson last season, first game. Why couldn't we wait to do that, right? I think it was probably forced because think about it. Look how fast of a turnaround it was. To get the game canceled, Georgia automatically puts in Ball State in place. So you get that extra home game for recruiting. Cool. But at the same time, then you look at within within a couple of days of that or a week, you've got the SEC schedule dropping, right? I, I don't like the fact that Georgia rushed into this, but at the same time, there's pros and cons to it, you know, you sit there and you look at the the schedule, right? And, and like I said, you get that recruiting week, and I understand how important that is. I think we all do. But give us a good opponent, right? You want to create a good environment. Schedule marquee game at home, right? Better than Ball State, in my opinion, right? It, how many people are going to get up for that game? If you know it's going to be something like Kent State, which we're about to talk about. Um, kind of a good segue here, guys. Um, it's Kent State, right? We come off of, you know, a road trip to Columbia, right? And, and literally just, you know, just embarrass South Carolina at home, 48-7, right? Last minute touchdown gave it the seven. It was a shutout, let's be honest. Moving on to Kent State. Yeah, Kobe, I, I think I'll start off with Kobe here. I'm going to pick your brain first. You know, coming into this game, what, what are your thoughts? What do you think it'll be like? I mean, if you were had to preview this. You know, uh, I think a lot of people talk about trap games, and we've seen our fair share of games where, where you know, the little guy has, has upset a, a Power 5 team this year. But, you know, that's just not how Kirby's built. It's not how this team's built. It's not how this program's been built. You know, um, you could you could run out our second or third string from the first quarter till the end of the game and beat a team like this. I mean, barring a ton of turnovers, a crazy day, I mean, beyond crazy day, it, it, you're just better everywhere. And you're better than a lot of teams everywhere. Um, you know, it, it'll be a good chance to to get in some second guy, second string guys to get some reps, maybe some third t- string guys, some walk-ons will get to play. Um, you know, it, it, it's just a good, like, almost run through for your whole team. The biggest goal is not having my injured, and it'll be a good day. Absolutely. I want to backtrack here because Miriam in the in the brigade brought up an excellent point, right? We're talking about the 23 schedule, and we see this comment here, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Miriam says that she hopes they lower the season ticket prices. I don't want to pay quality prices for garbage opponents. And I feel like that has to be a concern for any season ticket holder because, you know, the process for getting those season tickets is, is insane. You have to donate a lot of money, and then even then you still have to, you know, the whole process. If I'm a season ticket holder, I'm pissed because you look at the situation. Yeah, you're adding an extra home game, 
but it's against nobody, right? Like if you were to say, for instance, if you brought in Oregon to Miriam's point, I guarantee you it would make your, it would bring the value of spending that much money on a season ticket. Guys, what are y'all's thoughts on Miriam's comment? Because I feel like it's a very justifiable reason to be upset. Well, just like I said, I mean, you know, one of the things where, where Kobe talked about that Notre Dame game and, and imagine having Notre Dame come to your place, that's right there worth the worth the season ticket price. Or you go back a couple of years when when the SEC played an all SEC schedule. So you've got all SEC home games that are going to be quality games that, that, that you're going to be playing. If I'm a recruit, I don't want to go see Georgia play Ball State. I'm not getting anything out of out of that. If I'm a season ticket holder, I don't want to see UAB again. I don't want to see UT Martin. I just, I, I really, really just don't. And again, it's, it's, you know, how do you get up for a game like that? And how do you want to go and spend your whole day in Athens? We're all Georgia fans. And of course, we'll, you know, you'll, we'll travel the globe to go see them. However, if you're looking on your schedule, you almost wonder how many people give their tickets away, those season tickets away to give them to somebody else that just wants to go and see what it's like to be in Sanford Stadium. So I agree with Miriam wholeheartedly. I want to pay, you know, and it doesn't matter what the price is for a season ticket if I'm having quality opponents to come in to see another magical season in which what, you know, Georgia had last year. And I guess even quality opponents, you know, doesn't even mean a Notre Dame or an Oregon to me. I mean, we could play anybody power, but to me it just means power five. And not every power five opponent is going to be quality either. But, I mean, Ball State, you're going to run away with that game. UAB, you're going to run away with that game. Odds are South Carolina, you're going to run away with that game. Um, you know, and for them to all be at home four weeks in a row, you know, are we really going to pack up and go to Athens to watch Georgia win by 45 for the third week in a row? Which, honestly, like Kirby's always said, pressure is a privilege. And this is one of those privileges of being an, a great program because we already know today that come next September, we'll be 4-0 in September. We'll probably have given up less than 21 total points in four games, maybe even less than that. And we'll probably have scored 45 on each opponent. That's just unbelievable, an unbelievable time to be a Georgia fan. I mean, I remember sitting at Georgia Dome watching us get our tails kicked to Boise State going, holy cow, you know, where are we as a program right now? And now we're talking about next September, you know, you're going to dog walk four teams walking into SEC play. It, it does suck because, you know, you'd have loved to have sprinkled in a BYU mm-hmm. or someone like that that you don't play a lot, maybe even like a Sunbelt team like a Coastal Carolina. You know, those guys at least are a little bit more competitive. But at the end of the day, almost anybody you play now, it, you're going to win. So kind of kind of one of those one of those things. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I kind of see what here uh, in another comment here is, um, you know, Michael B says, you know, how easy, you know, how easy is it really to get a power five to come to Athens, right? You don't have to get, like I said, you might not see the, you might see some hesitancy with, a, with an elite power five school, perhaps, because of the playoff implications. But like, if you look at it, I, I'm going to do this because I can, uh, you know, say, for instance, if you bring in like a Northwestern or, 
right? Like maybe an Iowa State, right? Just random team, right? Random team, but it's a power five. There's a lot more ire and desire to watch that game, right? Give us somebody that we haven't really played before or rekindle a, like rekindle a, a series that you haven't seen in decades, right? Like in decades. Now, at the same time, keep this in mind. Moving on, the 24, the 25 years, right? Those years. Listen, you're about to get, you know, season ticket holders, you're about to get your money's worth and then some because you've got some serious matchups. Home and home, by the way, Ohio State, Clemson again, right? Like, yeah, you, you name it. Oklahoma, well, Oklahoma will be conference, but you get what I mean. It was Oklahoma, but like yeah, UCLA, right? Louis, I think Louisville, whatever. I think Listen, Florida State at some point, too. Florida State, exactly. So, Ultimately, right, it's like a military term that I love, embracing the suck, right? You're getting these weak-ass non-conference matchups right now. But in a couple years, you're about to get an overload You're in, in the likes that we may have not have ever seen in one season. And it's, and it's going to be, as a fan, it's going to be overwhelming in a positive light, if you will. If you will, that that's, that's where I'm seeing it. I, I, I think it'll be something that's well worth the wait. But listen, right now, you have to embrace the suck, right? And it is what it is, right? The schedule is the schedule. Maybe Kirby and maybe, you know, uh, Josh Brooks can pull something out of their hat and listen, buy out that game and switch it to another good power five. You never know. But the, problem, little- the problem is, like we've talked about, is, you know, we're talking about UCLA. We play home and home like 28 and 29 or something crazy like that. These games are just scheduled out so far in advance for everyone that that sudden cancellation of like, oh, Georgia, you can't play Oklahoma anymore. Find someone who also isn't playing anyone next week in week two. You know, uh, that's where the scramble comes. There's only so many teams available that week. I think that's the the big problem. Yeah, I I think this brings up a good question here. Landon Stratton says, you got to think, too, that a lot of Power 5 doesn't want to play Georgia. They get no money for the game that benefits you, but also it's going to be an L that hurts you in the season. Like I said, I think that you have to take that into account as well. Um, but listen, you know, when you look at the expansion of the playoffs, right, maybe it's not going to be this year, right? It won't be this year. But moving forward, right, and when this happens again, you, you've got to schedule strong conference or non-conference games, in my opinion, right? Um, Juan, I, I want to bring this up to you. Because of who we've scheduled, uh, the 6033 DGD says that he, Juan could put up three touchdowns and 200 yards on these cupcakes at his current age, and and I'll throw him the ball, just saying. And that might be accurate, right? Like, you know, Juan, I think I think you got it in you. Listen, if you ain't careful, that top 10 spot in the career receiving yards, about to get up, uh, one up, man. Listen, we'll get you back on the field, okay? We'll yeah. get you back yeah. on the field. And we're going to get you some yards because I think you would be wild in this offense, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, you hear Joel says she, that she thinks that there's a rule against having that much gray on the field at, at one point in time. So I don't yeah. know if Patrick and I, if they're going to let you know me and Patrick on the field. <laughs> I mean, you're probably right. They probably couldn't handle the insurance liability as well. <laughs> um. Uh, I, I like I like what I like what Miriam said. She, you know, can the Power Five conferences just donate money to these small schools and avoid these games, and it keeps those um, teams afloat, um, and 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 we get better games. I, I think that's a great. 
I, I think that's a great idea because if you look at it, you know, if you look at the SEC and the money that it brings in and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and all this money, they could help out and, 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 and like you said, keep those games afloat because, you know, and Landon made the perfect point that a lot of these other Power Five teams, they don't get money for coming and playing, you know, at, at all. But why not gather money, donate? That's going to, you know, save that money in that school, the, the, the price of, you know, the travel expenses and all that, the hotel and all that other kind of stuff, just, just donate money to them. And then again, have these, have these, you know, bigger games. But the only other thing to that though, is again, you're not giving the app States the opportunity to come up with those big time, with those big time upsets. So, I mean, it's kind of a catch 22 and think about it. Even if you are a, if you're not a power five school, your dream is to want to go and play against a power five school to see how you stack up. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a balancing act, but Miriam brings a great point because as college football fans and as, as fans that, you know, when we love our schools, we want to go to quality games. We just do not those games at 70 to nothing or 45 to nothing. We want something that, you know what? Wow. We left that game. Like, man, that was a great game. I'll tell you this. Here's another alternative. Schedule a cupcake, if you will, as your spring game. Pay them for that right there. I love right? it. I love it. Because what will happen is this. If you're Georgia, think about this from a Georgia perspective. What we handle in spring practice, right, our G-Day, we're playing a better team against each other than we are even an FCS opponent, right, period. You sit there, you pay them – half a million, a million, or whatever, come and we'll do our spring game, right? Because they do spring games as well. You sit there, you you, you can host it or whatever the case may be. Listen, even, even for G-Day, right? If I'm not mistaken, G-Day is free. But what, what if we charge, what if Georgia charged $5 for admission, general admission, no, whatever, right? Charge five, you know, charge the $5, right? It's chump change for most everybody, but you'll still come in there, pay, right? Half a beer, probably, right? Pay the five to get in, and you're actually seeing somebody hit somebody else, right? Georgia would be going up against somebody else. Let's be honest. Does it mean anything? No. You're, you're still getting the reps that you need, but you're going to get somebody else while still supporting those FCS schools. 100%. Now, at the same time, don't lose in that scrimmage, right? Or just set it up if you know if you know there's a chance, right? Just set it up where you just play 60 minutes, running clock, and it, whatever. You don't have to, right? Like, you don't have to keep up score or nothing like that. Just, just scrimmage, right? Just scrimmage, because you're gonna get better. You're, you're there to practice your offense and give these guys reps. Do handle your business just like you would against, G, you know, in G day, but you're just doing it up against the FCS school, right? You're helping them out. Go from there. I mean, that's my thought. Kobe, you got anything on that before we transition over? Okay. Miriam says it's $10 and, and goes to charity. So there we go. So if it's $10, listen, you already paying $10 to get in anyway. Just just pay the $10 and watch us play Ball State. Shit, give me that. One, uh, looks like our brigade is hitting you up pretty hard right now. Yep, yep. Uh, Joel said she'd pay four ninety nine to see Patrick throw a pass. Uh, to me and watch me run it in only 499 <laughs> yeah only is a question there and then and then uh michael dudley hit hit, hit me with the 
<laughs> with the Black Santa and says, hopefully he won't be on the naughty list. <laughs> oh my goodness. For being late. Yeah. Michael, you gotta be on you gotta be on time, man. You gotta be on time. I mean, Santa just he's checking that list. Yeah. Right? Yep. Making the list and checking it already, twice, especially right now. Some, we're already handing out some coal. Kobe, I want to get your thoughts on this before we transition to our picks. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on how to, you know, on Miriam's question, right? Like, I, I think, like you said, me and Juan's gave our opinions. I want to hear your thoughts on that. At the end of the day, I think that, you know, you're not going to see prices for season tickets drop. Um, you know, I, I think that the the bottom line is, is you're paying for a lot more than who are who are playing week in and week out. You're paying to see, you know, one of the best teams in the country play. You're paying for, um, like you said, the if you if you strong arm athletics and say, okay, well, I'm not going to have uh, season tickets this year, then, like, you go back to square one when it comes to two years from now when, um, you know, you're playing better opponents. It's kind of what they did over COVID. You know, they, they said, uh, you can pull your money back, but if you do, there's no guarantee that um, that you'll will honor your tickets next year. So it's kind of one of those things. It's like pay your money, keep your tickets, keep your points kind of going in a positive direction. Yeah, it's unfortunate what happened this year, but like you're saying, the next eight years of home and away games are going to be worth having you know, worth having more points to hopefully get the two away tickets to UCLA, the two away tickets to Ohio State, whatever. So, you know, I want to do this because not to bait and switch, folks. Right. The show was titled Kent State Preview. Right. Georgia Bulldogs prepared for Kent State. Right. Let's do a quick preview. I'm going to give you my take first. It's going to be a massacre. One, back to you. Uh, I got a little bit more on that. It's going to be an absolute massacre. Kobe oh, on oh. One up in me. I'm just looking forward to watching some walk-ons play in the fourth quarter. Yeah, we're looking at you, Bennett. The running back, not quarterback. Cash Jones. Cash Jones. Cole Spear looked good, even though he's not a walk-on. <laughs> Jackson Muschamp, this is your time. I'm just glad that we finally – Lad McConkey's finally played enough that people aren't going, we started his career as a walk-on. Thinking, no, he didn't. Lads been on scholarship here his whole it's, time. It's crazy that Dan Jackson still walk on and he's balling the fuck out like that. Now you know, folks. <clears throat> now you know. So let's do this, right? Let's go ahead and take a quick break. And on the flip side of that break, we're doing our we're going to be doing our uh, week four picks, folks. So stick around and stay tuned. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I can't hear. Are you muted? I think, yeah. Patrick, are you muted? Oh, no. Not Patrick. Not Patrick um, Robert. Do you, do you have Patrick on the brain? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's, that's, tough. that's sweet. <laughs> Patrick on the brain. <laughs> so, as we were talking about, right, <clears throat> you had your week four picks, right? Week three, <clears throat> excuse me, week three fared fairly well. And now we're moving on to week four. Uh, first off, our first matchup, Thursday night, West Virginia going to Virginia Tech. Kobe, I'm going to let you start. Who do you have, sir? Um, I just still can't get over the fact Virginia Tech lost one to Old Dominion. Uh, you know, West Virginia's had some trouble. They lost one to Kansas as well. Um Neither team has looked exceptionally sharp. I mean, West Virginia had had a win in the bag game one um, against Pitt until until they caught the pick six on a on an easy catch. But uh, I think I gotta go West Virginia here. They go in, get it done, throw the ball around a little bit. Juan, who do you have in this one? I'm going with Mountain Mama, West Virginia. Oh, I like sweet. JT Daniels to. Uh, I, I like to see him. I mean, I, I like him to have a big game, and uh, and I love his last name. So I'm going to go with uh, WV. Not so fast. I got a shout out there to Lee Corso. Listen, did, are, are people forgetting that Kansas just embarrassed West Virginia? Now, we'll talk about Kansas a little bit, actually, and you'll see why. But listen, West Virginia's defense is, is to be fair, mid Right. Keep in mind where they're going. They're not playing in Kansas. It, it, we're not in Kansas anymore. Right. You're you're going to the confines in Blacksburg and you're going to have a primetime game on a Thursday night with, let's be honest, a hostile Virginia Tech team. Right. Their fan base is insane. Uh, even if they're in a bad situation. Right. They're still loud as hell. The brigade has them at 91% West Virginia, but I'm going with Virginia Tech, right? West Virginia is a three-point favorite here. I've obviously got Virginia Tech winning outright. Kobe and Juan, do y'all think that Georgia, uh, West Virginia here, do they cover the negative three points? Easily. Easily. Yeah. Easily. West Virginia by 10. Woo! All right, so we got we got West Virginia covering the spread from Kobe and Juan. I think Virginia Tech upsets West Virginia here, uh, wins outright there. So it's already starting off, guys. All right, let's move on to matchup number two, the battle of the college basketball blue blood folks. Both teams three and O, oh, Duke 
traveling to Kansas. We just spoke about Kansas. They took care of business and conference play against West Virginia. Kobe, who do you got on this one? You know, I went, uh, I had messaged you one thing earlier in the week, texted you right before the show, not sure if you got it or not. Did some real deep digging. You know, Duke basketball cost me my, you know, um, March Madness bracket this past March. So, uh, originally I was thinking Duke, but now, you know, I think I'm going to roll with the Jayhawks at home. I think Kansas gets it done. You know, I, I – I think that it wasn't a fluke they beat West Virginia at some point. You know, I, I think some people are thinking, ah, whatever. I think Kansas is pretty good. I mean, are they great? Are they what's good in Kansas standards? But I think Kansas beats Duke at home. Juan, who do you have, sir? Yeah, don't sleep on Kansas. I mean, they beat Texas last year. You know, they got some good things going around, I mean, you know, coming up. And uh, with that being said, I'm taking Duke. I like Duke. I like the Blue Devils. So, Elko has turned that program around very fast, very fast. Um, listen, so obviously our graphic here has Kobe picking Duke, but you just heard him. He is taking Kansas. 91% of the brigade took Kansas, and I will take Kansas as much as this hurts me because I am a Duke basketball fan. I just think that Kansas has a better sample size in this three-game stretch here to handle business. And, listen, you have to think with your head, not your heart here, right? Like my heart tells me, pick the Blue Devils. My brain tells me to pick Kansas. They're an eight-and-a-half-point favorite at home. You know, I'm looking at it this way. I think it can be close, but I think Kansas covers this, unfortunately, and I think it's by ten. I, obviously, I won't Duke here, but I think you got to go Kansas with that. Like I said, Brigade, 91%. Think Kansas as well. Uh, the graphic, remember, you, you saw Kobe, or you heard Kobe for that matter, pick Kansas as well. So, Duke, the Lone Ranger for Juan Daniels, making you the uh, lone, uh, lone Wolf there. Uh, gray beard and all. Um, moving on to our next matchup, Notre Dame. Yay, the Fighting Irish traveling to Chapel Hill to take on the North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, Kobe, we'll let you start off. Who do you have? Uh, I'm pretty sure I picked um, North Carolina here. I just think their offense is explosive. Notre Dame's defenses look like a liability, which is kind of surprising um, considering their head coach. I mean – uh, they could easily be a winless program right now. Uh, I, I, I like North Carolina to win. One. I like uh, North Carolina to win probably by one. So it'll be 112 to 111. Um, North Carolina's defense is so bad. They are absolutely atrocious. They let FAMU and App State absolutely run up and down the field on them. However, offensively, they are pretty good. They play pretty much big 12 football. So I look if, if, if I'm taking the over on this one because North Carolina will not stop a soul, but neither will Notre Dame. Ooh, this is tough. This was tough. It was literally a pick them at one point and the spread now is negative one in Carolina's favor. So that tells you if, you, if you're new to betting, that basically tells you that it is anybody's game. It's basically a pick. Em. I can see Notre Dame winning this. However, I think North Carolina pulls it out with an offensive show. 
uh, Saturday. I'm just going to leave that there. Um, listen, you know, you look at North Carolina's ability to pass the ball, you know, spread the ball around. Uh, while their defense is is beyond mid, it is it is terrible. It is absolutely terrible. There's no getting around it. I got to give me North Carolina to cover. Obviously, it's a negative one, so it could win a field goal, right? I think you see it win by a touchdown. I just don't know how much because Notre Dame does have a backup quarterback, folks. Um, so obviously, it'll be his second week. Obviously, last week was his first time. Um, things are going on a rough start. They listen. Notre Dame did win a game. Keep that in mind. But it was also on a miracle play that the guy dropped in the end zone to tie the game. So. In my opinion, Notre Dame is down bad. North Carolina covers, obviously, the negative one point. Um, and I think you'll see North Carolina, as does 64% of the brigade there. Right? Texas, the Longhorns traveling to Lubbock to take on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Kobe, who do you got in this one? Uh, I got Texas winning. I mean, their their running backs, one of the best running backs in all of college football. I wasn't overly impressed watching Texas Tech last weekend. Um, I, I think Texas goes in and and handles business. Juan, who do I you like, have? Sir? I, I like Texas in this one too. Um, you know, even though they've had they had their struggles, they're still a good football program. I mean, even with a backup quarterback, for them to take Alabama to the brink. I really think that, uh, you know, Sarkeesian is doing some great things in Texas. So, um, you know, look, look for Texas to, to come out in this game. Texas was at, at six and a half. It's, the line started at four and a half, right? Perfect. If you called it early, listen, Texas is going to win by a touchdown or more. Uh, I don't know if you all are familiar with this, but there is a possibility. I said a possibility. Quinn Ewers can actually – might play this week. He might actually play this week. And if, if he does, there's no question. There's no question. Listen, 91% of the brigade says that Texas will cover or Texas will win. I have Texas winning as well, and they cover. I think they will cover. And if Quinn Ewers plays, it is not even close. Not even close at all. Southern Cal takes on Oregon State, traveling up to Oregon, taking on the Beavers. Kobe, what say you on this matchup? You know, Juan's kind of our, our Pac-12 man. Uh, yeah. So leaning on him a little bit here. But from what I know, Oregon State, just historically, not overly good. I know they're off to a 3-0 start this year. Um I just think that, that Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, the whole USC team and offense um, is just too much for a team like Oregon State to handle. I think USC rolls big in that game. Pac-12 guy, what say you? I, I tell you what, it will probably be the most safest game that you'll watch, you know, Trojans and Beavers. So it'll be it'll definitely be safe. I'll give you guys a minute on that one. But uh, I'm going to go with uh, USC for the win. Uh, big time. Uh, Caleb Williams is, you know, Jordan Addison are monsters. They're they're monsters. Uh, so I, I see Trojans, uh, you know, beating up the Beavers this week. The innuendos are flowing, folks. The innuendo. Keep your mind in the gutter, Juan. Jesus. Naughty list for you. 
Yes. Yeah. Now, so listen, listen. Seven point favorites on the road. Listen, that offense is rolling. It is arguably one of the best. It is arguably one of the best offenses in the country. It's clicking. Their defense, however, work to be done, but it's also what you expect with Lincoln Riley. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. I don't see it getting much better. I think it can get better. I just don't see it getting, especially with Grinch there as well as the DC. It won't get too, too much better, but their offense will help them. They will cover the seven-point spread, as do 73% of the brigade thinks that USC will take and beat the Oregon State Beavers. Right? This is a good one. Wisconsin and Ohio State. I would say it's a marquee matchup. However, I think there's some, you know, some questions here heading into this week. Ranked matchup. Uh, Kobe, we'll let you start off here. Who you got? Oh, as much as it hurts me to do, I mean, I think Ohio State is just a better team overall. You know, we talk about how, how Georgia is just better overall compared to people. Um, you know, I just don't think Wisconsin matches up offensively with with Ohio State. I just don't think they can score with them. Um, and and when you're playing an elite team like, like a Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State, one of the top teams in the country – you have to be able to score sevens with them. You can't you can't punt and you can't kick threes. You gotta you gotta score when you have the ball, and I'm just not sure Wisconsin can do that consistently. Juan, who you got? I'm gonna go with Ohio State. I think Wisconsin will keep it close at first. Wisconsin is a big physical team. They like to run the football, um, but uh, you know, uh, for for them to like like Kobe said, just go score for score with them, they're not gonna be able to do that. And I just see. Ohio State pulling away late and, and big. Jim Knowles, I'm, I'm calling you out here. This is the week either you're worth the money and bringing you in or you're proven to be not what you're, what you're expected to be. Ohio State's defense last year was terrible at stopping the run. You bring in Jim Knowles with hopes that you are able to fix that problem. And in week four, you're tasked with stopping a team that is built to run the ball. Either, we're about to find out what this Jim Knowles defense is about. Can they stop the run? However, it'll be a low-scoring game. I have Ohio State winning. 18-point favorites here. And honestly, I don't know if they cover. I think they. I think Wisconsin will cover the 18 points, but Ohio State will win the game handedly. I think you'll see it by 14 or 17. Um, I, listen, Wisconsin runs the ball so much there's a reason you're seeing the lower score here, folks. I think it will be lower. So I don't know what the under is, but I would be comfortable in probably saying you might see the under here. Uh, but listen, it also could have hit the over because we don't, you know, does Wisconsin come out and throw a complete dud? Don't know. But you know they're going to run the ball, so you have to keep that clock time, right? The timing uh, is going to be key there. Uh, 100% think Ohio State wins this game. Uh other than that, I think, listen, Jim Knowles, all eyes on you. ACC matchup, folks. Clemson traveling to Wake Forest and, and Clemson's biggest test to date. Uh, going to Winston-Salem. Uh, Kobe, who you got in this one? You might have to help me out here because uh, this one I do not remember. But I got I got some friends that play on Wake Forest, and there we go. That's who I thought I rolled with. 
got some friends that play at Wake Forest. Um, you know, I, I, I think that we're seeing Clemson a lot like 2018, I think it was, when they were rocking with the quarterback they had in place. You know, a lot of the fan base, a lot of the media kind of knew, like, this guy's just really not getting it done. And I think we're in that awkward position where we may see a switch and it may even be in this game. I mean, if if you look up and Sam Hartman and Wake Forest is, is up 14 on you, you can't tell me that you're not going to pull DJ and try to go with something else. So uh, week four, that's when it happened um, in, in 2018. Week four, that's when it's going to happen again for Clemson on the old switcheroo to the five-star quarterback. Um, but still still got to be in too much and Wake Forest winning. Calling shots like Babe Ruth, Juan, who you got? I, I got, I, I got Wake Forest. Um, you know, Wake Forest, they, they have their quarterback back. It was, it was heavily, you know, I, I was sitting there looking at that are thinking about when Clemson played Georgia Tech. And Georgia Tech's defense looked like they were just all world playing against that Clemson team in the first half. And then, of course, you look at Ole Miss. Ole Miss goes and just drowns Georgia Tech. So the offensive woes for Clemson are there. Um, They do have a great defense, I think. But, you know, Wake Forest, they have their quarterback back. It may be a low-scoring game, but I see Wake Forest pulling this one out. Listen, y'all can think what y'all want. I'll 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 make this prediction right now. There's going to be more Clemson fans in the stands than Wake Forest fans. Listen, Bowman Gray on a Saturday night. I think this is a noon game. So keep that in mind. But I'm just I'm just saying. Clemson will find a way to win this game. The the spread is seven and a half. I think it's close. I think they I think they I think Wake Forest will cover and Clemson will win by a touchdown. Fifty five percent of the brigade has Clemson winning. <laughs> And I gotta go. I gotta go with my. Uh, gotta go with my head, not my heart, folks. Gotta go with that. Juan, what made you laugh, my man? Uh, Patrick says that Wake has an excellent cancer center. That being said, Clemson. <laughs> now listen, Wake Forest Baptist is an excellent facility. I. <laughs> but oh man, he, I mean, listen. I think he's right. Clemson will yep. win that game. Clemson will win that game, yep. uh, regardless of what <laughs> Wake Forest has to offer. <laughs> Arkansas, folks, Arkansas in Dallas, in the very world, will take on Texas A&M. Kobe, what say you on this one, sir? Ride Sam Pittman till he breaks. Arkansas, Arkansas gets it done two years in a row. You know he's he's going to run the ball. They've had some a little bit of trouble throwing the ball, but you know. Um, and then they've had some trouble getting the ball thrown on them. You know, they, they had some troubles last week. Um, I just really think they bounce back. They focus back in. You know, they're still an upcoming program that's looking to be good or great. Um, and and those kind of programs, they do have mental lapses every once in a while. And, and you saw that last week. But they fought through it. They didn't lose a mental lapse game unlike Texas A&M. And I think that's just going to be what – Proves to be the difference. I think, uh, you know, Arkansas beats Texas A&M probably mm, 10 or 14. Landon Stratton says he'd let Pitt lead him to war any day. 
And I think that sentiment is mirrored by everybody here. 90% of the brigade has Arkansas covering the two and a half points uh, as two and a half point underdogs to A&M. Listen, I've got Arkansas here too. I think, you know, listen, what I saw against Miami, in my opinion, was bad football. Is it because we've seen so much good football all around from Georgia? Maybe. But, you know, Max Johnson at quarterback, is it going to be enough to handle the – listen, Arkansas is a better team than Miami, right? I I think that's what you're seeing here. I just think Arkansas wins here at least by a touchdown. I I think they're the more physical team. Pittman's going to have them playing extremely physical, and I think that's going to be a mismatch for what they're looking for, right? You you, you look at A&M, they're bringing back Evan Stewart for this game. They were out a ton of DBs last Saturday, folks, a ton. Uh, due to some, you know, uh, violations of team rules, right? Denver Harris, Smoke Bowie was out, just a couple that, you know, Georgia fans might know, Evan Stewart. But all those guys are back. So I think it's going to be a good game. I would hope that it's a good game. But I think when you look at what Arkansas brings to the table, listen, just because they had to come back against Missouri State does not define them as much as what they can do to respond to that. And I think they respond in a big way, getting the win in Jerry World against the Aggies. All right, guys, here we go. The win-win for Georgia fans. Florida Gators traveling up to Knoxville to take on those Tennessee Vols. The French's, the French Mustard uh, sponsors, right? They should be sponsored by French's Mustard. Um, who you got in this one, Kobe? I got a couple fun facts, a couple hot takes for this one, too. Um, Send it yeah, to me. Tennessee's lost – the last five against Florida, and they've only won one game against Florida since 2005. Um, you know, I, I think AR finally breaks out. Uh, he throws his first touchdown of the year against Tennessee here. And I actually think he throws three of them, but I just think Tennessee is too much for him this year. I think Tennessee beats Florida, finally gets over that hump, and maybe uh, starts trending in the right direction in this in this rivalry. Juan, let's say you, sir. Um, I think Tennessee blows them out. I mean, Tennessee with that fast break offense, uh, they they are tough. I just don't see Florida doing a whole lot, you know, on, on the ground. I don't see them doing a whole lot in the air. I mean, AR can't throw. I mean, then so they just know that they're just going to have to put a spy on them or bottle them in. And I, I just think that that's just not going to be enough to get it done uh, at at uh, at Neyland Stadium. You ready for this? Are you ready for this? Zero to four. Key stat here. Zero touchdowns for passing touchdowns, four interceptions. When you when your quarterback has more tackles than touchdown passes thrown, <laughs> there senses to be a problem somewhere. There senses to be a problem. When you when you have more, I think you you probably see Anthony Richardson if they stick with him all season have more tackles than Brian Cox. Dude is ass, dookie, complete dookie. He's had woes. Now listen, running running wise, sure he's had a couple touchdowns I think, but he he just he looks lost, and that's not a that's not what you need when you have to go up against an offense like Tennessee. Tennessee yeah. will put points on the board, and you have to sit there and respond. And they just can't do that right now. They just can't do it. History tells us that the Gators should be favored here, right? They should be. 
But what I'm seeing on the field through three games, Tennessee should blow them out. Ten-point spread, Tennessee ten-point favorite. I'm telling you right now, you're probably going to see Tennessee win by 14 points. There will be over a decade of frustration released on these Florida Gators Saturday. Just calling that now. It's going to get ugly. Florida fans, prepare yourself. There should be an explicit content at the bottom of the pro- the whole time because it can get very ugly, folks, and I think it will. Moving on to the game of the week, the Kent State Flashes come into Athens and take on the Georgia Bulldogs. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Kobe, I'll let you start on this. What you got, my man? So I got some more, um, you know, just quick takes because we kind of know how the game's going to go. I think Kenny McIntosh really shows up. Uh, I have him 150 all-purpose yards this week, whether it be on the ground or in the air. I think he gets over 150. And then I think we finally break through um, the sack column a little bit. You know, I think Nolan Smith gets it done. Maybe gets two sacks on the way to a to a big time Georgia win. Um, I think I had us putting up like fifty six, maybe yeah, fifty six to three. I mean, it could could be ugly. Juan, what say you, sir? I, I like old Landon. He said dogs by ninety for real this time. Um, I, I'm I'm a little disappointed in Patrick. Um, I I do want a Patrick special, uh, please. But uh, Patrick said sixty three to three minus three so 60 to nothing but you know what Patrick you gotta have to start having faith in yourself and uh you started this trend you started this this movement so you got to stand behind it man you got to believe in yourself so I'm, I'm going 63 to three y'all are being y'all are being very nice I've got 59 to nothing listen you cannot tell me that Georgia as a team will look at that last minute literally last minute touchdown and take that shit personally. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kent State, but it's going to be 59 to nothing. Complete utter domination, doing what Georgia's supposed to do. That is all we have for today, folks. Listen, make sure to like, hit the like button, subscribe on YouTube. If you're listening on podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get it, make sure to like it, you know, subscribe, to you know, follow. Also, leave a review. It goes a long way to helping the show. But with that being said, have a great rest of your day, morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever it may be. Right? Have a good rest of your day, and we will catch you back on Monday. Go dogs! Go dogs!